Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Jessica Donald. Hello, Texas, and thank you for joining us for Texas Ag Today. I'm your host, Jessica Domel, sitting in for Carrie Martin. We're part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture, from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Transpecos, and from the Panhandle all the way down to the Rio Grande Valley. So far, our fall weather in the Texas High Plains has leaned toward being very dry and on many days exceptionally warm, and those conditions have not been good for winter wheat. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. How farmers can protect stored grain from insects. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. This is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Extreme South Texas stays warm and mostly dry. Great for harvesting and planting. We'll have those stories and more in today's report. We'll have those stories, news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Researchers at the U.S. Department of Agriculture have made a discovery in bacteria associated with a major cattle disease that can perhaps be used in detection and intervention. Rod Bain from USDA joins us with more. Bovine respiratory disease covers quite a few ailments in cattle and can be caused by a variety of factors, from bacteria to genetics. But USDA molecular biologist Mike Clausen says no matter the cause, BRD is costly to treat. The beef cattle industry loses up to an estimated $1 billion a year due to bovine respiratory disease that's animal loss and treatment. Complicated by current treatment regimens such as antibiotics and reactions such as antimicrobial resistance. Clausen and research colleagues discovered that outer membrane proteins of bacteria closely associated with BRD contain antigens, which can be used in future preventative measures that specifically target the pathogenic bacteria and leave the other bacteria that are not pathogenic alone. Examples include rapid tests to isolate infected cattle and prevent an outbreak, as well as more direct interventions like vaccines. That report from USDA's Rod Bain with USDA molecular biologist Mike Clausen. Two weeks ago, we saw some improvement in drought conditions across Texas, but over the past week, we returned to a pattern where we're seeing drought continue to expand and worsen. According to the Texas Water Development Board, 36% of Texas is now suffering from moderate or worse drought. That is up 4 percentage points from last week and 35 percentage points higher than this time three months ago. Several parts of the state remain drought-free. They include North and West Central Texas, Central Texas, South Texas, the coast, and the eastern side of the Rio Grande Valley. The rest of the state is currently seeing abnormally dry, moderate drought, or severe drought conditions at this time. 
Drought conditions are expected to expand and worsen for some areas over the next couple of months. The National Weather Service's latest drought outlook forecasts drought expansion across all of western and central Texas by the end of February 2022. Drought is expected to persist but not expand in East Texas. Part of that is due to a La Nina that we're currently seeing in the equatorial Pacific Ocean. There's an 87% chance that we'll continue to see a La Nina through February. The La Nina weather pattern typically brings warmer than normal and drier than normal weather to Texas. Warm and dry weather on the Texas High Plains hasn't been very beneficial for winter wheat. James Hunt joins us with that report. Here in the Texas High Plains, we've had almost no rain since late September, and even though we've had a number of early mornings where our temperatures have dipped below freezing, our daytime highs on many days have been unusually warm for autumn, in some cases to a record-setting degree. Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell says, with that combination of factors, there are some areas around the region where winter wheat is looking kind of rough. Because of above average fall temperatures, we still have a crop that hasn't gone dormant yet. It is actively growing and using water. And where that wheat has run out of water, it's starting to look very water stressed. Now, there were some pockets in the panhandle that did receive some very timely rainfall into September. And that really did help producers who were trying to get wheat in the ground early. And producers who were able to capitalize on that rainfall and plant at that time have much better stands than producers who are dusting wheat in right now. And we have a lot of fields where wheat has barely come up and and fields where wheat was just dusted in and we still don't have a stand. Now, we're still on the early side of this wheat season and a lot can happen in the months ahead. But right now, it would seem that if we are going to have strong production throughout the region, winter wheat's reputation for resilience will be put to the test. That's especially the case for dryland wheat, of course. Dr. Bell says there's some irrigated wheat out there that's doing pretty well. Because of those warm conditions, many producers have left those pivots on just a little longer, and those fields do look phenomenal. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are options for Texas farmers who find pests in their stored grain. Tom Nicoletti joins us with more. My guest today is Richard Alford. He is with Central Life Sciences, Director of Sales for Specialty Ag Products. And Richard, the loss of grain from insects uh, costing uh, the industry two and a half billion dollars annually. And certainly this is a major uh, issue across uh, the United States and in Texas. What are you folks doing to protect uh, rice, corn, and wheat crops? Well, the biggest thing we do is we have protectants. Diacon, which is an insect growth regulator, Sentinel, which is uh, an adulticide along with PBO, the synergist for the adulticide, that we can actually apply to the grain as it's going in the bin and prevent that insect damage from ever occurring. At this time of the year, many farmers in Texas do have their grain stored, so this will ensure that when that grain comes out that uh, the grain is still going to be in, in good shape for the sale market. Correct. The biggest thing we look at is when you put the grain in the bin, that's your money is going in the bank. That's your bank. Do I let the bank keep part of my money or do I get it all out? And by using a protectant for just a minimal investment, I get to get the maximum that that crop can bring. 
Let's talk about why uh, in insect control may increase profits amid higher grain buying standards. What's happening is due to FSMA and other laws and food safety, they're actually docking more or they're rejecting loads due to insect damage. That's the new laws. And when you have a crop, you want to be able to get the maximum dollar out. And in today's environment, that's where the protectants come into play. Those comments from Richard Alford with Central Life Sciences. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. We are seeing a La Nina weather pattern this year, which brings warmer and drier weather to Texas. That has some in the Rio Grande Valley concerned about water. Jim Hearn joins us with more. Valley weather is staying about par with averages, uh, upper 80s during the day, while well, upper 60s overnight. The absence of rain has many still worried about the water future for 2022. Falcon Reservoir has been hovering about 20% full for the past six months or so, and that's down over 10% from a year ago. Amistad Reservoir, although half full, is down about 15% from a year ago, and that's about 110,000 acre-feet of water. Well, growers are busy bedding up land for next spring's row crops, while others are finishing the onion planting and continuing the harvest of cabbage, carrots, greens, and bell pepper. Well, the weather has been ideal for planting and both harvesting. The sugarcane harvest is also enjoying the open weather. Combines have been running across the area and the mill is grinding cane, both plant cane and also sugar cane. Well, ranchers are also enjoying the open weather. A lot of hay has been harvested. Stock tanks are in excellent condition as most of the condition for the cattle. Now, cotton, well, that's still being ginned as well. The amount of cotton on the gin yards is shrinking some, but there's still plenty left to go. The citrus crop, well, the small crop, some early oranges have already been harvested. With the Valentine's Day freeze, though, all fruit is going to be selling for a premium. It is going to be, though, a very, very short season. For Farm Bureau Roundup, this is Jim Hearn in the Rio Grande Valley. Supply chain issues have made life difficult for U.S. farmers, ranchers, and rural communities. Chad Smith from the American Farm Bureau Federation has more on how those supply chain issues could make the holiday season more challenging for shoppers as well. Ongoing supply chain challenges that have plagued the U.S. economy can be traced back to stay-at-home orders put in place at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Roger Cryan, chief economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation, says consumers clog supply lanes with purchases of goods rather than services. They ended up buying a lot of stuff from across the Pacific Ocean, and that stuff clogged up the ships and the containers and the ports, all that overloaded supply chain infrastructure is getting in the way of things getting to the U.S. like machine parts and computer chips for tractor manufacturers and fertilizer for farmers. It's also causing some problems for farmers exporting as well. Cryan says those issues will likely impact the holidays. It's going to make it hard for a lot of folks who wanted to get stuff from across the ocean for Christmas, for holiday gifts and so forth. It's raising prices for some other things. We did a Thanksgiving survey that showed the price of the turkey is up. But I think the biggest issues are across the economy. He says consumers can help ease some of the supply chain issues by shopping closer to home. If you want to help unclog the supply chain, you could buy less stuff that has to come across the ocean and through our West Coast ports and think about alternatives. 
think about shifts in your holiday buying. So we can buy a lot of different things for the holidays. Maybe buy a fruit basket from the farm stand or a cheese box or some local wine from your farmer's market. Gift certificates at a restaurant on Main Street. That's good for a lot of things. We want you to get that new TV you want but maybe later. We believe trade is a good thing and American farmers depend on trade, but this year you could try looking for the things close by that can bring you joy this holiday season. Chad Smith, Washington. Grants are funding projects to improve angler access and fishing across Texas. I'm Jessica Domel and I'll have more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. There are several muscle diseases in horses and feeding can impact a number of them. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-size weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Certain foods can increase muscle problems in horses. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd joins us with more. Tying up is a common term used when talking about performance horses. However, there are lots of different types and causes of tying up. The condition is actually called exertional rhabdomyolysis, or ER, and the sporadic form is probably the most common form as this occurs in horses that develop muscle soreness after exercise, that is, in excess of their training. It can also be related to feeding high levels of non-structural carbohydrates like grain. Deficient in electrolytes like sodium, potassium, and chloride, as well as decreased selenium and vitamin E can be involved. There's a chronic form of the disease that is related to a defect in a single gene or multiple genes. Dr. Stephanie Valberg from Michigan State indicates that recurrent ER usually occurs in mares and very nervous fillies and can also be related to increased grain intake. Horses with a gene mutation have a syndrome called polysaccharide storage myopathy, and there is a genetic test for this disease. The most common trigger in this disease is less than 20 minutes of light exercise, especially if the horse has been rested for several days. Again, diets high in carbohydrates cause an increased risk of the disease. Many horses with muscle disease will require a muscle biopsy to make the diagnosis. Symptoms of these muscle disorders are exercise intolerance with reluctance to go forward and engage the hind legs, muscle stiffness, shortened hind limb stride, and firm, painful hindquarter muscles. So you can see that tying up has multiple causes. And since the treatment is related to the specific cause, diagnostics are required to determine the actual cause of the syndrome. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. Funding from the sale of freshwater fishing licenses in Texas has funded 21 projects across the state designed to further improve angler access and habitat for fish. The projects are part of the new Habitat and Angler Access Program, which was launched by the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department in June. Projects funded through HAAP enhance angler access, support fish habitat enhancement, and shoreline-based enhancements that will improve conservation of fishery resources and fish quality. Grants of up to $50,000 are awarded for projects on public ponds, 
large reservoirs, creeks, and rivers. Selected projects may include development or improvement of fishing piers, installation of underwater dock lighting, bank and shoreline stabilization, the creation of jetties, installation of erosion control measures, native plant restoration, artificial fish attractors, dredging, and installation of non-motorized boat launches. This year's projects include improvements on several waterways, including the Colorado River, the Nueces River, Medina River, South Llano River, Lady Bird Lake, Lake Dunlap, Lake Fork, Lake Louisville, Lake Wichita, the Biloxi River, and San Felipe Creek. Other projects are in the Waco area, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, Houston area, and in Rosoria County. The expected completion date for the first round of projects is summer 2023. The program won't stop at this first round. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department reports they will request proposals for the next round of funding in the spring of 2023. The markets were closed Thursday in observance of the Thanksgiving holiday. Where did we leave things on Wednesday? We'll take a look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. For more information, visit OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The commodity markets were closed Thursday in observance of the Thanksgiving holiday. Here's a look at how things wrapped up the day on Wednesday. December live cattle up $2.50 to $137.90. February live cattle up $1.45 to $140.87. April live cattle were up $1.10 to $143.90. January feeder cattle up $2.55 to $166.92. March feeder cattle up $2.22 to $167.90. April feeder cattle up $1.77 to $169.80. Boxed beef were higher Wednesday. Choice up 67 cents to $279.31. Select up $1.29 to $263.96. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. To visit with Klein Spear from Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde. Klein, how did the sheep and goats sell? Went well, Larry. We had about 500 a day. Had a lot of guys kind of trying to finish up some business this week before the holiday and got it all moved down here and it looks good the uh i'd say the heavy lambs were 260 to 340 those light lambs were 320 to four dollars those fat ewes were 95 to a dollar 20 and those thin packer ewes were 75 to a dollar packer nannies were a dollar 25 to dollar 85 the fat spanish nannies were a dollar 50 to two bucks stocker nannies two to 285 those good cabritos were three to 390 and those smaller ones uh 360 to 430 so Overall, a uh, steady market last week, and uh, you know, coming after the holiday, I think that market will 
continue out the next couple weeks. Good. No cattle sale this week. No cattle sale this week. We'll be back to business as usual next week. We'll have a sheep and goat sale on Tuesday, probably have six, 700 head, and then we'll have a cattle sale on Thursday, probably around that 800 to 1,000 head. Tell everybody how to contact you. Call us the office, 830-278-5621, or my cell phone, 830-591-3241, and we'd like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate it, Clyde. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. And Texas farming and ranching neighbors, we appreciate you, and we hope each and every one of you gets to spend Thanksgiving with at least one person you love. You've been listening to me, Larry Marble, and the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network and my program, Walk in the pens. Good day to you. God bless. Take care. Be careful. December lean hogs up a dollar twenty-seven Wednesday to seventy-five forty-two. February lean hogs up ninety-seven cents to eighty-four twenty-five. Block and barrel cheese traded unchanged Wednesday, and that kept Class Three milk futures steady to sixteen cents lower. November Class Three milk down a penny to seventeen ninety-three a hundred weight. Cotton closed slightly higher Wednesday after some slower trade throughout the day ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. March cotton up 12 points to $1.15. May cotton up 1 point to $1.14. December 2022 cotton up 14 points Wednesday to $91.76. Corn traded higher for a bit on Wednesday morning but faded around midday. A December corn down three quarters to $5.79 and three quarters. March corn down two and three quarters to $5.85 and a half. September corn down one and three quarters to 566 and three quarters. After reaching fresh highs on Tuesday, hard red wheat closed lower on Wednesday. December hard red wheat down five and a half to 873 and a quarter. March hard red wheat down seven to 877. July hard red wheat down six and three quarters to 857 and a quarter. December natural gas up 10 cents Wednesday to 506. January natural gas up seven cents to five eleven. January crude oil down sixteen cents to seventy eight thirty four. February crude oil down twenty one cents to seventy seven seventy three. The Dow down eighteen points Wednesday to thirty five thousand seven hundred and ninety five. S and P five hundred up nine points to four thousand six hundred and ninety nine. The Nasdaq up fifty five points to fifteen thousand eight hundred and thirty. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.